It is Tuesday, the last Tuesday of the month. The Our friend and one of the smartest white men on this side of heaven is here, as he is every last Tuesday, Bill Lockwood. And Bill is a writer at American Liberty with Bill Lockwood, radio host, teacher in Wichita Falls, Texas, and a preacher at Our Park Church of Christ. Bill, good morning, sir. How are you? Keep How are you today? Good to be with you today. Oh, hold on, Bill. Can you cut That's it all right. That's all? Okay. Thank you, Bill. Um, yeah, you bet. Good to be with you, Jesse. You too. I'm sorry for the tacky set-off this morning. Um, oh, that's no <laughs> Bill, that's your mother okay. inspired out here. Yeah. I'm sorry yeah, to hear that. Away. Yeah, she passed away the 15th of this month, Jesse. Yeah, it was very, very sad. Yeah. And uh, how— Very close Yeah. Was she ill or what? No. You know, I, I say that it was COVID that killed her, but it was not COVID. It was actually the bureaucracy surrounding COVID. Uh, she was in a nursing facility in Burke Burnett. She tested positive. I, I th- you know, they'd already had so many false positives, and I thought this was a false positive, and uh, indeed it turned out to be. But uh, they sent her to a facility in Dallas, and, uh, you know, she was in a wheelchair at the time, but I, went, I followed her over there. I really fought to keep her here. Um, but they, she went into a Traymore facility in Dallas, which is called Traymore, on the other side of Love Field. And um, so she stayed there two weeks, but she immediately tested negative. I called them up and says, you know, I FaceTimed her every day. I called them up and I says, bring her home. They says, no, our guidelines are two negatives. I said, well, the CDC has changed it as one. They says, no, we want to keep her here. And, um, you know, looking back, I wish I had just gone over there and said, just give, give me my mom. But what happened was she stayed another week. She came home and she looked like she had had a stroke. She was, uh, she, her kidneys were failing. Uh, she had a, a raging UTI, and uh, she was septic. She had uh, 8.4 salt levels in her blood, and she looked like she had had a stroke. She was not responsive at all to any stimuli, uh, except moving her legs. You know, because her she had arthritis in her hips. And uh, she, but you know, she went to the hospital the same day, the emergency room, and uh, she never came out of the hospital. She went to hospice and she never recuperated. And uh, so I say it's the bureaucracy that really uh, put her in her grave. And I, uh, it's just a sad story. I, people say, well, she was 92 years old. She lived a good life. And I, I believe that. But I was not ready to give her up. So That's amazing. Well, make her soul rest in peace. When, when you said to them to bring her home, is there a law that says they, that they could keep her if they wanted to? Why, well, did, I, why didn't they bring I, her home when you said to, when you asked them to? Well, they said our guidelines or our our uh, our rules are that she has to have two negatives before we release her from the Traymore, and um, that this is one one reason I'm really fighting against the COVID nonsensical rules uh, that are taking place in our country because it's it's destroying families and destroying lives, and it is actually uh, separating the elderly from the family. I, I hear at this point so many stories of elderly that don't have uh, the loving touch of, and the loving yeah. assistance of family. Yeah. But instead, everybody looks like an astronaut walking into a room. And, uh, you know, it's just, and it, it really is a sad story. And, uh, but mom was a very trusting and loving soul, as you know, you've met yeah, her. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but she just, uh, she thought everything was going to be fine. And, and you know, I was a little bit that way too. 
but you know, she never came out of there in healthy condition. That was it. She was there two weeks and she came out and, and uh, she was gone. That's amazing, Bill. I, uh, yeah. I know several families, uh, that their father and mother, in some cases, father and mothers are in these nursing homes and they are not allowed to see them. And if they, go to see them, they can't touch each other or something dumb like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I've even had a doctor tell me, he said, you know, back in the 80s, uh, it would have been the case that uh, the, the, between the patient and the and the family yeah. and the doctor, they would make the decision on where to keep her, but they wouldn't keep her here in Wichita Falls at that center because uh, some board somewhere had regulated it and had mandated that they be removed to a special facility, and they think that's the way to best care for them. Uh, but I think that contrary-wise, I think actually the family and the doctor and and the and the patient themselves, they can make the decision on their own. But we have so much bureaucracy in the middle of it that you can't – You it just removes the patient from the family care and from family decision-making at certain points. So um, – so, and I wanted to bring her to my house, but, you know, she had tested positive, which turned out to be a false negative, but then I, then I would be banned from coming to school. Then how are you going to get someone to take care of her in the house if you say, well, she tested positive, they're not going to come to the house and take, so it's just, uh, this whole thing is just so sad, but um, anyway, that, that's what happened, and so she passed finally the, the 15th of September. That's amazing. Uh, it's yeah. amazing to me what we, the people, are putting up with nowadays. Uh, I say, you're right. It's just ridiculous. Do you think we'll ever get back freedom again, or is it gone for good? I think it's gone for good. I believe it is. I believe we've lost our freedom. Uh, I believe this is, um, I don't know if this was purposefully a test run, but everybody runs around here, and and uh, and they're, they're on each other, and they're they're um, criticizing each other for not wearing a mask and, and not uh, the six feet distance and everything. And just every, you know, and, and people are being abused on this where they don't, it, but this is how you have everybody goose stepping to the same guidelines. And, you know, Dr. Fauci from the, uh, the health services, you know, I, I don't know that, why, why should he make the decision for everybody in the country? I don't right. understand. And then then the governors of the state feel like they have to do the same thing because everybody's going to be upset. So, so they shut schools down. They they shut down businesses and tell you you can't come in and eat here and uh, you can carry out only. And it just goes on and on. And people are losing jobs. I, it, how absurd is this? But worse than that, people are losing their lives. And I I just admonish people to let's get out of this. I, let's. I'm for commonsensical. Uh, health rules and people washing their hands and all that kind of, and if you're sick, then stay away. But you know what? This, we should have some freedom here. And, but I don't know that we'll ever go back really. It's in the interesting thing about it is that the government and businesses are passing these rules and the people are following them, but the government is not following their own rules. We just saw a oh. video of Diane Feinstein coming out of an airport with no mask on and people carrying her dog and her bags. And and then the uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi getting her hair done and this black right. mayor of Chicago, the lesbian, getting her hair. They're not following their own rules, but the people yeah. are following what they say do. To a point, Bill, that the people who don't wear masks have to fight it with those who do wear masks because those who are wearing these masks, they... 
go off, you know, they're mad at the ones that don't wear. It's like they're working for the government against the people. That's an excellent commentary. We have, instead of instead of politicians being statesmen and, and giving up their own personal lives and serving, instead they're a ruling class. We've turned this thing upside down, and so the politicians are the ruling class. Uh, Chris Cuomo in New York, same thing, goes to the gym, and he doesn't wear a mask, and, but who cares? These guys are making rules for you, but not for themselves, and they don't have to follow them. Nancy Pelosi doesn't care about following the rules. Right. She'll make rules for you, but don't you, don't you ask her to follow her own rules. It is absolutely out of control, and I don't know why the American people haven't risen up and cast them out of office and say, you're done. I don't, I, but you know, we're just, we're too, too much like blind sheep and it's just very, very sad. It's amazing to see it too. I never imagined that the people would be controlled like this by the government in America. I, you know, I remember hearing this about other countries, socialist communist countries around the world, but I never imagined that that could happen in America and it is happening and it's hard to believe it in, in San Francisco recently. There was a report that they closed out all the private gyms, but the city gyms did not close, so this, the workers were still working out at the gym. They never stopped. Yeah, right. That's the way it works. This <laughs> is what fascism is. Fascism is the, the, the cooperation and the joining together in partnership with a government, with private business. And so that's the government. But when that happens, the government makes the rules, and they, and they make all of the— uh, all of the mandates. So you're going to follow it, uh, no matter if it's a private business or not. So that goes, but that reaches back to the progressive era where they tell you how much you have to pay a worker, what, how many hours they can work, what you have to pay in overtime, how many, all of these things. How, now also they're telling you, you know, what are the racial quotas you have to hire yeah. into, and all of this kind of thing is just all part of the entire fascistic government that we're living under. And people don't realize we're living in really in a fascist state. Why do you think so many private businesses are going along with this crap from the government? Because if you don't do what the government say, the private businesses will fire you. They were they were going along with it. I thought at one time private businesses did not go along with the government. Yeah, that's they right. Made you, you wear masks. They made you you have to hire a, a black, or you have to hire a woman, or you have to do this. And if you speak out about it, I know so many people are losing their jobs because they're speaking up or they get fired. The business don't even protect them anymore. Let, let's not let's not pretend that it's not political. It's all political. You have the governor of California, your governor, Gavin Newsom, who has stated very plainly that uh, you can't meet in groups of more than 10 people. And that includes church services. And so they have people going around spying on the churches and seeing if they're all social distancing and if they're actually meeting and if they are meeting when the governor says no then they're going to be reported and so then they are having one preacher out there and the congregation being fined over and over again at the same time he himself has said these things don't apply these social distancing rules if you get out and you are going to protest the government and you're going to march in a Black Lives Matter protest, then that doesn't matter. You can get out there and do that, but you can't worship God. And so there, you can see this on 
You can see this on television. They're arresting preachers and people who are singing hymns to God yeah. because they think that they should not meet together. But, boy, if you're going to get up in Chicago or you're going to get in Philadelphia or you're going to be in uh, Portland or you're going to be in Seattle or in San Francisco and Los Angeles and you're going to get together and protest, that's great. Amazing. It's really yeah. weird to see it. I never thought, again, I never thought we would totally lose freedom in the United States of America. And, and the thing I know about is once the government get hold of you, they're never going to let go. And, no, no. And, and what they tend to do first is get you to overreact. They put fear yeah. in you. Once they give you that, once you overreact to that fear, they have control of you then. And that's what they did with the Chinese virus. They're like, everybody's going to die. Put on a mask and stay home and <laughs> shut down businesses. And everybody right. did it. And now it's hard to get back to order again. That's right. And, and no one's saying that there's not a real virus and that it has not killed people. No one's saying that. Right. But the truth is there have been many of these. It's the same thing as the flu. And we just should use common sense. But we don't have to have a government nanny state telling us how we need to behave in our homes, in our churches, in our businesses, and how we have to put masks on in every single instance. It's just the school systems are filled with it. And, you know, we, we can't have so many kids in a classroom and you have to have so many virtual students. And uh, this whole thing is out of control. It's just like in Germany, in, <clears throat> in Nazi Germany, before they murdered the Jews. And by the way, Nazism and fascism of Mussolini, that was lauded by the left. The, the leftists in America, the socialists, the progressives were lauding Nazi Germany and Mussolini's fascism in Italy. And... But at that time, they began, they had the same thing, they had everybody running scared, and so they would, they would gather in the churches and sing, even though the trains would go by carrying Jews to the gas chambers, and they would just, you know, we're, well, we're, that's none of our business, that's government stuff, and we're not going to do it because we're afraid. And so they sat in the houses, uh, the church houses, and sang while the trains rolled by. Amazing. It, it is just putting people to sleep with fear. That's amazing, Bill. I want to uh, look at the time here. I want to ask you about the president's uh, uh, Supreme Court recommendation. Uh, Amy Barrett, what do you think about that? His choice. You know what? I really, I really like her. She's a, she's a strong conservative, and I appreciate him uh, trying to get this uh, Supreme Court justice uh, not only nominated, which he's already done, but also confirmed. And that needs to happen, and I think it should happen and will happen. Um, you know, however, the, the whole firestorm around a Supreme Court justice nominee points to a, a weak understanding of the Constitution, really a little understanding of the Constitution. The Constitution um, appointed justices of the Supreme Court to make decisions on particular cases, but now, now the Supreme Court actually has taken over in the sense that they basically make law and so it becomes an oligarchy yeah they make law such as obamacare you know everybody sat with bated breath wondering is it constitutional or is it not constitutional well you know what jesse we can read the constitution i know what it says <laughs> yeah. and it tells us that anything that's not given to the federal government is left to the states and to the people respectively article 10 i know that it's unconstitutional we don't need the supreme court telling us that it is and so the commentators on television is it or is it not constitutional and they at first thought well it's unconstitutional oh, no it's constitutional they said it's constitutional <laughs> that is nonsensical <laughs> this 
We can make the Constitution for ourselves, and it was written to common people. And by the way, people passed the Constitution in the states, and the people, that it's we the people, they passed it before there was ever a Supreme Court nominee or a Supreme Court uh, set up as a, as a court at all. Supreme Court wasn't even established until 1789. No cases came before it until 1791. But uh, Thomas Jefferson warned us of this. He said, I see the weakness in the Constitution in the Supreme Court, and that is Article Three of the Constitution, and that is because it's going to be like gravity working night and day until they're going to usurp all the authority of legislators, and that's exactly where we are. It's, but, but it's been going on for a long time. It happened way back in the FDR period, Woodrow Wilson period, and when they strong-armed the United States and said, you know, you're going to pass all of these laws. As a matter of fact, the Supreme Court in FDR's period Nine justices said that every one of his New Deal laws were absolutely, teetotally unconstitutional. Well, what happened? Well, he threatened to pack the Supreme Court. He started hardball politicking around, just like we see the Democrats doing today. Yeah. And soon enough, he started swaying people. And, and with the threats of packing the Supreme Court and, and top-down government, pretty soon we came to, oh, 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 now all of a sudden these laws are constitutional. How did that happen? How did that happen? It's just strong arm politics, nothing to do with Constitution. It's just pushing the total totalitarian agenda on us. And, you know, just like, uh, for example, the Dred Scott decision in the 1850s, they said, you know, that Roger Taney was the Supreme Court justice there that was the chief justice. He said, blacks are not even people. Well, is, is that is that is he right? <laughs> no, everybody recognizes that's wrong. We know that that's not right. Right. Need a Supreme Court justice telling us what the Constitution right. teaches and, and violating natural law, but that's what they've done. And so, um, you know, it's it's very very sad. So now the Supreme Court is the is not only an arbiter, but now becomes the legislator of what is and is not constitutional. Roe versus Wade, a perfect illustration in 1973, the abortion law. So that being the case, now everybody's in a firestorm about who the justice is. But that was that was something that Jefferson warned us about. He said, you know what? It's not going to go well if you let this happen. And we are there now. I remember back in 2015, they legalized so-called same-sex marriage uh, at the courts. And the people, some people were having a fit about it, but others thought it was fine. Yeah, same thing, same thing. They're, they're telling us what is and what does not constitute marriage. Yeah. Absolutely not. They need that's not their business. That has nothing to do with their business at all. But once again, strong arming it through and now make everybody uh, kowtow to this. And so make churches conform, preachers conform. You know, they've already passed laws in certain places now, such as in New Jersey and California. You can't have what's called conversion therapy. Right. Conversion therapy. If a homosexual comes into my office and says, you know what, I have some attraction to same sex. And uh, what does the Bible say about it? I can't say diddly. I can't. I can't. I can't try to convert that person and say, you know what, you're in sin, and what you need to do is repent. Yeah. If I do, then I'm going to be, prosecuted, uh, be able to be prosecuted before the law. That's, that was passed even by Governor Christie, assigned by Governor Christie in New Jersey. So it's not just a Democrat problem, it's a Republican problem also. Why do you think the voters keep voting in the same people who are, are, are not— uh, running the country the right way. They don't care about the Constitution. 
They don't care about what is right. But the people vote them in year in and year out. Some of these people are in there for 40 and 50 years. They're in the, uh, either running for governor or, or city council or congressman uh, or whatever. How come the people don't vote them out? You know what, Jesse, if I were a if I were a politician and I stood up and said, you know what, Jesse Lee Peterson makes too much money. I'm going to take money from him and give it to Nick Gonzalez, your producer. Then who do you think Nick Gonzalez is going to vote for? Yeah. He, yeah. He's going to vote for me. Yeah. And so once you get that role in, which is unconstitutional also, once you get that role in, then then the, the floodgates are open, and it's just going to go wherever you want it to go, and that's exactly what's happened. So they promise, this is what we've got. We've got promises to every every minority group, every every group of people, whether it's minority or not, such as uh, women's rights and, uh, and African-American rights and Indians, and then you go on with homosexual. Everybody is, is we're in group think now, and so we're promising things and monies and certain privileges whether it be hiring quotas to certain classes of people. And once that begins, where do you stop? Yeah. And that's where we are. I was thinking this morning, I remember when I was growing up, the country wasn't divided like this. We didn't have certain segments of people that got certain things or treated in a certain way. It was everybody, one, one nation under God. And now we are, we're so divided, it's hard to believe that at one time we were united. It's crazy yeah. to see that. It is sad, you know. In the 1930s, uh, there were many there were many communist moles in the government, and the government would sniff them out and say, you know what, these people are uh, have um, clandestine ideas and and are practicing sedition, and they would get rid of them out of the country. Yeah. But you have major mainstream media newspapers such as the New York Times that got in there and supported communism. And and Fidel Castro's and people like that in Cuba, so they supported them, knowing that they were communists. Even in the 1920s and 30s, there were many mainstream media editors and book writers that would they glorified the Soviet Union. They went over there to learn all about how uh, Vladimir Lenin and then Joseph Stalin later would, was going to do, make this utopia for everybody. And they just loved it. And they went over there and they came back and they lied about it. They wrote about it. And so we have the mainstream media finally just demonizing anyone who recognized communism as being a seditious act. And so since, since the 1950s, you don't even hear about that. So now you have communism, which is Marxism, and that's the Black Lives Matter movement. It's a Marxist, communist, destructive movement, which is seditious to the family, to biblical values, and to America, generally speaking. And they say it on the website, but... You know what? You have weak need people such as the Louisville Chamber of Commerce firing that police chief, that black woman in Louisville, who said that this is a Marxist organization. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, it's, it's fear, just like you said at the beginning. Fear. I um, I I'm discovering that a lot of millennial boys and girls, or men and women, now have um, socialist, communist mindset. They've been so brainwashed. And that's why that woman, Cortez, or whatever her name is, out of New York, she's so popular amongst the millennials because they all have, like, socialist mentality that was, I guess, they've been brainwashed in the um, public school system that they believe the wrong things now. They've been lied to for so long. 
That's correct. You know what? If, if people will just look at the public school curriculum around the country, and not necessarily just in this location where I am, but around the country, and see what the, the public school curriculum is. They teach socialism via environmentalism. The United Nations has done it for a long time. They have one tool in their toolbox, and that is environmentalism. So they have environmental justice uh, and it's environmental fascism in which we have to curtail the freedom and the rights of individuals to save the planet. And this is the this is the tool that they're using. So this propaganda, and that's what it is, propaganda, is taught on a continual basis to children in the schools from grade school on. My, my kids, when they're in grade school, were being taught this stuff. And that was back in the 1990s. <laughs> they were being taught this kind of So we're pumping out these kids who are ready to go to socialism, to control the country, and control people to save the environment. And that's what we're doing. Amazing. I want to ask quickly, what did you think of uh, Ruth Gainsbourg, that woman that's died? What, what were your impression of her? You know what? She was a, a non-constitutionalist. She was an extreme liberal. She even, she even said publicly that she disdained the Constitution of the United States. Now, think about that. Now, how, how is that the case? Well, she was asked one question at one point regarding... Uh, recommending a law for a, I think, I can't remember which foreign country it was, recommending our constitution for a foreign country. She says, absolutely not. She says, I think if you want to look at laws that would be good for another country, she, she pointed out some of these other countries in the world, but not American constitutionalism. She even said that she felt like that she needed to make decisions based upon international law, not simply the constitution. That is absolutely <laughs> violating what she's there to do. Yeah. She, she gave reference to international law instead of the Constitution. This is why that we're having so much problem. This is why progressives and liberals and socialists and Marxists like people like her, because they want to rule by totalitarian dictate. They don't want to follow the Constitution. Amazing. Bill, let me take a short break. When I come back, we'll wind this up. I know you got to go. And uh, it's okay. Uh, let me take a quick break here. Back in a moment. You bet. Bill Lockwood is here. We're taking your phone calls at 888-775-3773. Bill is a radio host as well. Amazing show. Bill, tell the folks how to get to your website, your blog, your show. It's amazing information. Well, thank you. Thank you for that, Jesse. The, uh, the website is AmericanLibertyWithBillLockwood.com. AmericanLibertyWithBillLockwood. And there are articles by me and other people who write with me and, and for me and uh, print your articles. I appreciate that. And the radio show is called exactly the same, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. It airs out of Wichita Falls on News Talk 1290 AM dial. That would be uh, in, uh, at 11 o'clock Saturdays and 5 o'clock Sunday in Lubbock and Abilene. Uh, but the great thing is also we have a YouTube channel called American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. You can see it. It's, we have it YouTubed yeah. every single week. And so that's what we have on the YouTube. I also have another YouTube channel. It's called Writing for the Bible Brand. It's only about an eight to ten minute segment in which I just take a Bible passage yeah. and make application of what's going on in the country today. So Writing for the Bible Brand. I like that. I want to ask you something about that. But first, I want to go back to Ruth uh, Ginsburg, the woman that died. She was very radical. And I noticed the other day when Amy Barrett was accepting this position or being grateful that the president appointed her, 
she was really praising Ruth Ginsburg. She broke the ceiling. She was such a wonderful woman. She was, why do people, why do conservative praise liberals like that? And it gives the impression to young people and others who don't know that Ruth Ginsburg was doing the right thing when she really wasn't. You know what? That's a good question. I don't know the motivation behind um, uh, Miss Amy there doing that. But um, you know what? I, I, I would suspect this probably is the case with her. It may be, maybe not. But, you know, there's so much social pressure on people to to cast roses at the people whom the culture has set up as some kind of icon in our society so if you don't if you don't pay attention and you don't and if you don't make your proper uh, homage for example if you don't make proper homage to martin luther king or whomever then you know you're going to be ostracized and uh, they're going to criticize you if you don't do the proper homage to um to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, then the mainstream media is going to chew you up and spit you out, and so it, it causes people to, you know, it, once again, okay, I've got to, I've got to do this. So no matter who it is, same thing with Edward Kennedy. What, what a <laughs> horrific socialistic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but you know what? Oh, you know, he's we've got to we've got to pay homage to him and, and say good things about him, and so we, people just go along with that, and, and we're just not thinking for ourselves a lot. But I don't know if that's her motivation or not, but. I suspect that's a lot of it, what's going on in our country. Well, it made me suspicious of her, uh, Burnett, when she did that, because it would be best to say, I'm grateful that the president appointed me. Ruth Bader did not support the Constitution. She was a far-left radical liberal, and it's time that we put people in that will support the Constitution and do the right thing. But when you praise somebody that was raw like that, it gives the impression that uh, Amy goes along with that or that the, the Democrats yeah. are doing the right thing. It, it confuses those who don't understand. Right. And there are a lot of people who don't understand and, and are not going to look behind the scenes or look and do their own research on it. And that, that's that's one of the things that we always emphasize, and that is do your own research, do your own yes your own but you know what when we just take people's word for it and that's what's going on with the populace now they be you know we're just kind of moved by crowd mentality at this point you yeah. know when you get out in the streets and i've got to get in law you got to get in with this and uh, you can't think for yourself any longer and they don't want you to <laughs> amazing I, I want to squeeze in a couple calls for you but first i want to ask you about your second channel oh let me ask this my biblical question uh this week is um what is the glass ceiling, and why does it need to be broken? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't know the glass. You know what? Uh, judging from your your uh, the context in which you mentioned it a moment ago, I take it you're referring to uh, the role of women in society and uh, the role of minorities in society. I'm not sure, but I, I, as far as a biblical question, I don't know that uh, <laughs> there, that has anything to do with the Bible, really, uh. honestly. So, uh, whether glass ceiling or not, and whether it should be broken, I have no idea. <laughs> it's amazing the words that the enemies of good make up to make you think that it's real or cause you to become emotional and identify with it, go along. Like, black lives matter, right? Black lives right. matter don't mean a thing. They're just words, but they sound like they're important words, and you got to go along with it because black lives matter and this was thought up or brought up by a bunch of fat, black, radical lesbians 
who are right. Marxists, who hate God, who hate the nuclear family, who hate the country, everything that's good, right? But the people are going around bowing down to them and repeating those words, and it's crazy to me to see this stuff happening. Very sad, very sad. People are, we have mob mentality going on now, and very, very few people think for themselves, yeah. and very few people end up with a backbone. And some of them are, are great women, some of them are great men, but people need to start thinking for themselves on these things. Absolutely. On your second channel, Writing for the Bible brand, you uh, exposed the Miss Midwestern State University of uh, Texas professor in his uh, recent comment calling for the death of police. That guy need to be yeah. arrested. You know what, Jesse? This is so sad. Uh, his name is Nathan June, and he's a philosophy professor at Midwestern State University here in Wichita Falls. Uh, when, I, when I first had, uh, I had a Islam versus Christianity seminar, you know, at the church, I, I preached on uh, Christianity, the Bible versus the Quran. Yeah. Uh, he came out there and he protested and, and he had students out there and they had signs and then they had the news people out there like it was some big <laughs> event, you know. So he was protesting. He didn't want me to speak out. So that was Nathan June. Now he is, he teaches uh, a philosophy class and he's all about anarchy. He's written in anarchist journals. He's anarchy that was meaning no law whatsoever. And he put on his Facebook post uh, several months ago, abolish the police. And uh, he's fomented this kind of rebellion in the youth. Now, recently, he made this comment, and it was taken down. And the, in Midwestern State University, felt uh, bound to say something about it. So he says, I want the entire country to burn down and every cop killed and the intestines of the cop strangling the last capitalist. I mean... Now, someone, uh, so I, I talk about that in writing for the Bible brand. I thought, you know, there's a way to oppose the, uh, the uh, opposite view. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, that we should speak with grace, seasoned with salt, that you know how you ought to answer each one. Right. I said, but this right. is sedition. That's what this is. And so it's not only hypocrisy, because he didn't want me to speak about Islam. <laughs> Even though Islam, by the way, tells him to kill the Jews, and Muhammad said, kill the Jews, and he's a, he's a Jew, but he didn't want me to even speak about that. And yet now, when he says these things, now Midwestern State University feels obligated to come out and say, well, we, we defend the freedom of speech. I thought, well, you know, how far is this going to go? You know, fomenting rebellion and sedition and talking about murder, murdering cops. Someone told me the other day, said, well, that's actually a quote from, uh, from Diderot, a, a philosopher way back yonder. Well, well whatever. <laughs> but here, here's the interesting thing is he's all about anarchy. Now he's had to leave his house, supposedly, because he's had death threats. Well, that's what he wanted. He called down the thunder. Yeah. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that we ought to, we ought to therefore uh, give him threats or anything. I don't think that's the case. But he ought not be able to teach our children in a publicly funded university such as Midwestern State, who is so weak they just defend his ability to stand up in the, le at the, at the classroom. I wonder what would happen, for example, Jesse, if I were to, if I were to go to the lecture hall next to him and I would say, uh, I think every philosophy professor ought to be killed and every student of philosophy in his class ought to be strangled with his intestines. <laughs> Would they let me say that in a class? No Hardly. way. No way. No. <laughs> that's what he's talking about. That's how he says it. Yep. Talk about the brainwashing of the children. It's amazing right. to me that 
uh, the children are being brainwashed in the educational system, and yet the parents wake up every morning and send their kids off to school. It's like right. it's like parents are so into themselves now; they're so ego driven that they can care less about their own children. Right. I've I've had a lot of parents, even Christian parents, say, you know, uh, I went to the high school back. You know, I'm from Chandler, Arizona. And uh, they might, might say, well, I want my, my kids to go to the, the Chandler High School because that's where I went to school. And regardless of whether, are they teaching the same thing? Right. Are they, do they have the same thing going on now? You know, the church, churches in the book of Revelation, they lost their candlestick. God says, I remove your candlestick. You can't go back to the same church necessarily and it be the same and being taught the same. Sometimes there's apostasy. So the idea that, well, I want my children to go to the same school I did. You better look into the <laughs> curriculum. What are they teaching there? That's right. I want to go to uh, Sean out of our first time caller out of Alabama. Sean, thank you for calling. You're on with Bill Lockwood. Hey, uh, Bill, Jesse, uh, good morning to y'all. Hey, good morning. I wanted to give y'all my perspective on the Constitution and uh, what we should do with it in times like this. You know, as a Christian man, and it uh, it goes as well. So I see that uh, this woman that Trump appointed to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg is allegedly conservative. RBG, as they call her, uh, was the opposite. She's a demon, and this new woman is, you know, whatever. But the point is, is that Trump appointed her, and she's not in favor of defending the Constitution. And that just, to me, looks like the. Uh, the state is being fused against the people. And the Constitution, I see it as an enumeration of human rights that God has given us. The rights in the Constitution aren't there because it's in the Constitution. We had those before. So I wanted to know uh, like, how we could use that as a way of, uh, you know, to invert the inversion, so to speak. Because it seems like everybody looks at it backwards. And uh, I want to, I guess, put it right side up with the country. You know what? That is that is the question of the hour, Sean. I I think that, and I think you have a great point on that. As a matter of fact, uh, that's um, the only thing I can think is to say is such things as uh, take the position of Andrew Jackson, who said, you know, the Supreme Court said this. Now let them enforce it. And uh, that is, we don't obey the dictates of the of the Supreme Court, because they're not an oligarchy. But uh, how that will how that will look, Sean, I, I really don't know. Unless unless enough people do it, um, you know, it's, it, it could be persecution. But I, I don't know, really. That's a, that is the question. It needs to be inverted. You're exactly right, uh, because we have wandered so far from the original intent of the Constitution, which is really the only legitimate Constitution there is. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, uh, I will say statutes and policies and regulations. I looked up to see, you know, to see who they apply to because of these mask laws in my city. And I haven't worn a mask at all. I haven't had any issues with it. I've spoken to cops. These uh, regulations that only apply to uh, to people. So people in the black book are non-living entities, and uh, and that's how they get around the edict and breaking the Constitution, the natural law of God, is they enumerate that all of these classifications of people, LGBT, Black Lives Matter, this movement, 
as persons. And if you identify as a, if you say that you're a man or a woman, then it doesn't apply to you. And that's a good way to get around it. But uh, other than that, I'm just, you know. You, you know what? I'll, I'll... Sean, you make an excellent, excellent point. And I agree with you 100%. You know, I, uh, the basic rights that men have, and you mentioned this, and I appreciate it, and that is these come from God. They don't come from the government. And that is life, liberty, and property. They are, they are grants from God Almighty. And the Constitution is only set up as a fence to protect those rights. That's the only thing that we have, and to have a zone of order that we might enjoy what God has already given us. But the political leaders that we have in our country today, for the most part, or many of them at least, they think that their rights are grants from the government and grants from the politicians, and what they give, they'll take away. And uh, so we have to have a completely different mindset. And it starts at the bottom, uh, what you mentioned right there. I think you, I think you hit the key to it. Really, they come from God, and that we need to protect our rights from God. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. Bill, are there any schools in the country now that's teaching in the right way? Uh, you know, the Constitution and teaching true history and all that. Do we have that in this country at all? You know, I, th I think there are some. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about all of the schools. Uh, this is, I'm talking about what is pervasive in the country. Uh, but there is, of course, uh, several schools that uh, people go to talk about uh, the Constitution, learn Constitution. Uh, and um, uh, one of them is, uh, puts out the Imprimus magazine. Um, uh, the name has escaped me, but, uh, but at any rate, there are some great schools that teach constitutionalism and, and call people back to the original Constitution. And uh, so there are several of them, but people need to do some research and find out which ones are, they, which ones are those. Yeah. Because yeah. many of them do not. You know, many of the schools today, law schools it, it included, teach what is called case law. And that is, we just go back, what is the previous cases? Well, it matters not how far you've drifted from the original intent of the Constitution. Case law is what they're going to be teaching and that we're just going to follow what what the Supreme Court or the state Supreme Court or a court said yesterday on this particular topic and that's but that is that's far removed from the original intent of the Constitution so um, at any rate that, that, but there are some that are teaching it Bill this is from uh, D live nor of uh, Arkansas says God bless you and your family bill uh, this is concerning your mother's passing so yeah. they want to bless you. God bless you and your family. Well, thank you for that. I tell you what, it's been very difficult, but it's been it's awful nice to have so many people who are Christians and and uh, sympathetic. And uh, I know people go through a lot of the same things as I do, but yeah. um, it does it does hurt. So thank you for that. Yeah, Bill. What before you run here, your your website, your show, and uh, your second channel, everything. How can people get it? Yeah, the, the, I have two YouTube channels, and it's American Liberty with Bill Lockwood.com, or was, it's a, rather American Liberty with Bill Lockwood. The website is a .com, but it's, and if you go there and just subscribe to it, of course, that's free of charge, just subscribe, and it will come into your inbox or tells you when I have a new show, which is once a week. And then writing for the Bible brand, and I just, uh, in that passage, or in that, uh, in that segment, I take a Bible passage and apply it to what's going on in our country and look at and, and do a critique of what's happening in our, in our nation uh, from a biblical viewpoint. So writing for the Bible brand, that's a YouTube channel, American Liberty with Bill Lockwood YouTube channel. And then, of course, uh, the website is AmericanLibertyWithBillLockwood.com. And I have also sermons on iowaparkcoc.org. I have sermons there from the pulpit, as well as articles in the bulletin that you can find 
on that website. Can you take one more call? Sure, sure. I'll be happy to. Uh, Ken is a first-time caller out of New York. Ken, welcome to the show. You're on with Bill Lockwood. Hey. Okay, you said that all that liberals don't support <coughs> the Declaration of Independence, right? Or The Constitution. The Constitution. Uh, I am a liberal. I support it and always have, so I think you're wrong. Well, you know what? Uh, generally speaking, I, I didn't say every every liberal doesn't right. support. The, I didn't mention the Declaration of Independence first of all, but okay, I'm but sorry. regarding the Constitution, yeah, but but regarding the Constitution, we have we have wandered a, a million miles from how the Constitution was originally set up and and the original intent of the Constitution. As a matter of fact, to take monies, for example, to take monies from the public treasury from the taxpayer and give it to an individual or a group of people was unconstitutional, is unconstitutional in our form of government. As a matter of fact, James Madison said it, others said it as well, presidents all the way through the 1800s said, you know, we cannot, when they brought before Congress a, a bill, for example, to get, take money from the public treasury and give it to a widow of an admiral, he had just died, they said, you know what, and this was when Davy Crockett was in Congress, and he's, they said, you know, this was in Tennessee. He said, you know what, I don't have the authority to take money from the Constitution. doesn't give me authority to take money from the public treasury and give it to an individual. Well, what do we have today? We yeah. have a gigantic welfare state, which is the most of the budget of the United States is all about redistributing the wealth of America. So I, you know, I know that you want to be for the Constitution, but I think we need to look at it. And I don't know where you stand on that, but that's what the Constitution's about. Well, this, this might throw you for a hang. I'm, I've one of the few. Okay. I'm, I'm a liberal that believes in the Second Amendment. There aren't a lot running around that believe in that. What do you believe about the Second Amendment? Well, I believe that uh, anybody should be able to bear arms. And the government has no right to say anything about it. Yep. Right. Ken, thank yeah. you for calling. I got to run. And real so men are thanks not. Thanks for taking it, man. Yeah, real men are not liberal. So. Great show. Thank you, yeah. man. All right, bye. <laughs> bye now. Bill, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we had a rough little start there, but I think everything is starting okay. to work out here. And uh, I, w I wish you and your family well through these, you know, grieving time that you're going through right now. And uh, say hello to the family for me, all right? Okay, sure will. Lord bless you, Jesse. All right, thank you, Bill. Amazing. Bye, -bye. Bye now. We got two more hours to go, folks. I got to get my headsets and things all worked out. Amazing. And don't forget to like, follow, tweet, subscribe, and share the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show, folks. We really appreciate it. We are at war. It is a spiritual battle for the soul of America. And it's going to take all of us to do it. 